Spags is back from Mexico, and now we are going to draft a big board team on Underdog Fantasy, a contest, Spags, that is quickly filling. Oh, it's quickly filling 200K to first place, and that means that we are already in the room, ready to go here. I spent a week, Pete, building up a tan. Now I am a splotchy, peeling monster from the Mexico sun, but holy cow, everything in this draft rooms have changed. All the ADPs are moving around, so we'll have a lot to talk about here, and we are picking at the back half of the round. So tell me, what have I missed? Uh, apparently some players have changed teams, it seems. Yeah, I mean, were you, did you have alerts uh, on your phone while you were in Mexico? Were you sweating all of this in, in real time or did you go full unplug? So I was actually on Twitter checking it. I did not give my takes, did not answer emails, did not post on social media or anything besides some cute photos of us at the wedding we were at in Mexico. Besides that, though, I was tracking every move. And it's still like even if you're tracking something while having a life, there are so many guys who change spots and you kind of have to keep a mental Rolodex going. But that's what you're here for, Pete. That's why we're both here for, for everybody out watching out on YouTube for us. Yeah, no, it's uh, there has been all kinds of crazy movement. I would say, obviously, the biggest movement is just stuff with running back ADPs. I would say Rashad Penny, probably one of the biggest risers. You know, he was going at pick 160 to 170 in most drafts. And now I've seen him all the way up in the sixth round in some. So we're just seeing some massive movements with running backs. On the flip side, you see a guy like DeAndre Swift, who's been plummeting in drafts now that David Montgomery landed there. And it is interesting, right? When you look at where are the biggest movements in ADP? It comes from running back where we're so bad at projecting volume and roles. And that's where you're seeing the most variation. Yeah, I mean, the Rashad Penny stuff, I've certainly, I think we talked on stream about taking him and taking him now and assuming that he is a guy that had really good advanced analytics. Again, an EPA leader for as many games as he played last year for Seattle, obviously not a bunch. Year before as well, though, then the home stretch looked really good. And I was very stoked to have, I think, 50% Rashad Penny, Anthony Richardson, another rookie who we've talked about. He's come up another 40 spots in ADP. So uh, the big board, Pete, going to be a very special time capsule for this time in the NFL. And it feels like going to have the most wild ADP movements, even compared to like the offseason and we're on the clock so receiver here with cd lamb or one of the running backs oh wow so yeah this is a piss boys room yeah we should probably take cd Ugh, i i really the more i hear about this dallas offense the more i hear the boomer takes from mike mccarthy about wanting to control the clock the less good i feel about every cowboys player and even tony pollard he's like his price tag is so high i'm just i'm kind of out on the cowboys but i feel like we had to do that move yeah, but the thing is, too, is like they can say they want to run the damn ball all they want, but unless they have like a super good defense and are controlling leads in every game, they're not going to be able to do that. And Tony Pollard's good in the pass game. I think they'll still be an up-tempo uh, team that relies on Pollard and Lamb, who will be their best players. Um, you thinking Waddle? I mean, I would take Eckler here if I was just by myself, but uh, – yeah. Okay. You know, no, you know what? It's not a versus draft today. Pete and I are working together. So I will take your input and no concern about Eckler moving somewhere that might not use him quite as much. And it's the Chargers who really gave him every possible touch of high value. So I, I have two minds about this. First of all, I think the most likely scenario is he figures it out with the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers really need playmakers and Eckler has been a big part of their org for a long time. So I would I would be surprised if they if they didn't get something done. However, if you think about it, if they do find a trade partner and a trade partner is willing to you know pay Austin Eckler what he wants in the extension and give up whatever pieces the Chargers would ask back, you have to imagine that team would be super excited to feature Austin Eckler in a massive way. So even though there aren't a ton of landing spots on paper that look super desirable, 
I do think that his usage would not be in question. And I guess then you would say, well, would the offense be as good? Would he have as many scoring potential opportunities that he has in Los Angeles? I think that's fair to debate, but at these prices, when he's been going at, you know, one, six, one, seven, I think we're getting enough of that risk baked out here. So short game pointing out a news item that I guess broke right now is Isaiah McKenzie getting released. Uh, people asking who would benefit the most. I still think there's a chance the bills take a receiver in the draft. I know Jordan Addison's a guy that uh, the stock is maybe coming down a little bit, could be a guy that gets in there, but it feels like Pete, if we are just drafting again, based on the news we have right now on the big board, I think taking Khalil Shakir feels like probably the right move as a guy who should see an uptick and also was a rookie last year. So we'll get that, that second year bump as well. Yeah, the one thing I would say, though, to people, Ed, this was like a little bit of a quiet signing. The Bills did sign Deontay Hardy, I think formerly Deontay Harris, on uh, the Saints. And I know that they like him as a deep threat. And I even saw some data from Pro Football Focus about how efficient he was as a deep ball pass catcher. So I do think it's fair to be excited about Khalil Shakur uh, without uh, Isaiah McKenzie, but I actually think Deontay Harris will also have a role. And I will, I, I just wrote up for fantasy life. So it's all fresh in my head, this fixers series. And I wrote up how to fix the bills. And I still think they bring in another pass catcher, whether it's some like Hail Mary trade for a DeAndre Hopkins type, whether they use their first round pick on a guy like Jordan Addison, who I think could be available in that range. I would just say I would not be comfortable projecting volume for the bills wide receivers quite yet. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair one. Hopkins is not, uh, him and the Bills, not a connection I've heard before, but uh, you're the GM of the Bills, Pete, according to what you're doing for the Fantasy Life newsletter, so I don't want to question what you're saying. I mean, they just, the one thing they need so bad is another pass catcher, and so it's like, okay, you're releasing McKenzie, you have, you know, Khalil Shakur, I think is, Khalil Shakur is a guy you want to be, what, your third wide receiver on a team? You also want Gabe Davis to be your third wide receiver on a team. They still need a number two wide receiver. Maybe Shakir can grow into that. I don't want to discount that, but they should be throwing the kitchen sink at the, the pass catching position. Maybe even if it's a tight end in this really deep class to give um, them another pass catching element, but they, they can't just go into this season with Shakir Diggs and Gabe Davis and expect to, I think, you know, really compete for a Super Bowl. No, I think that's a fair way to look at it. You know, certainly we've seen the Chiefs do well with their hodgepodge of receivers, and it seems like they're going to be running a similar, if not even a more deprived group next year. But Josh Allen, it does feel like having somebody to rely on there. Of course, the GMs talked about them not having their T. Higgins, so it does feel like a focus. And if you get Hopkins cheap, I guess my thing is just like, if that cap hold for Hopkins is what his contract currently is, I can't imagine them paying, you know, 20 mil plus a year for him. But if he gets released and then he opens up, like, him going to the Bills would probably be one of the best ways to keep his career, you know, lively and still actually a part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it would be such a good fit too for for their offense. I mean, the Bills are a fit for for basically everyone, but um, I don't think the Bills are dumb. I, I, you know, one of the other things I wrote in that piece was how everyone wants them to draft Bijan Robinson with that first round pick, and I think that would be so stupid. Yeah, especially with some of the free agents still floating around. And we can see a big running back run going on right now. Uh, looks like we'll have our pick of receivers or Mark Andrews or Justin Fields, who I've been taking and then getting scooped on DJ Moore in the one <laughs> draft of this morning. So uh, optionality is in front of us. Yeah, I've been taking DJ Moore or, or sorry, Justin Fields in this spot as well um, or dipping down into the Ridley Williams DJ Moore tier. So I don't I don't mind going for the Fields more uh, here, depending on what our, our guy at the turn does. Should we take more first in the hopes that he'll leave Fields alone? Um, I would still take Fields first, I think, honestly. Um, okay. I'm in. Let's do it. 
Let me. Um, who, who's on his squad so far? Just not that it's going to really matter that much what he does. He's got Bijan and Amon Ra. So yeah, yeah, nothing that's going to tell anything there. Okay, he takes Hopkins. Hopkins is such a tough click for me right here. Mm -hmm. Um, like you know, let's say he goes to the Bills. Like where? Do, <laughs> of course, I I should I should have. Uh, I don't know if there was a way for us to win that. So yeah, I'm I'm happy we do have this bet on the Chargers. Uh, granted, you know. Eckler stuff pending, but I don't mind breaking the tie in favor of Williams and then seeing Herbert is a guy who I feel like will anecdotally slip a little bit in these drafts. And I don't mind maybe going like double elite QB if we get a discount on Herbert. A double elite QB. I did that this morning, or I guess it wasn't even double elite. It was one elite with fields. And I took, um, I think Trey Lance when I got scooped on Tua, and even that felt like giving up a little too much draft capital at QB. I don't know. Like I'm still getting adjusted to these new QB prices, even though I'm now, I guess 40 drafts in on the big board. Um, so I'm with you. The Williams thing, I just don't love that much in general. And I'm, you know, I'm willing to go there because I think you're, you're right about correlating these two plays. But Williams, I feel like you're still play, like paying the price tag of Allen not coming back potentially. And now that we know he is coming back, I feel like Williams should be probably five to 10 picks lower. That might be nitpicking though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I do, I do think though, like if things come together for the chargers and they can stay healthy and again, here we go, beating the dead horse, find another pass catcher, you know, um, hopefully in the draft, I think they can be an offense that improves on what they did last year from a passing standpoint. So and they're also kind of a fun team to stack. You know, Joshua Palmer, I find his price to be palatable, you know, in the 11th, 12th round or wherever he's going. So there are kind of nice ways to stack up Herbert throughout the draft. Also got a shout out our guy, Dustin, in the chat. It is his birthday. He requested Ooh. before the show that we draft one of DJ Moore or Khalil Herbert. I have pushed back a little bit on Herbert because I think the Deontay Foreman signing, not going to be great for him, especially for goal line work. Uh, but I'm glad we can make Dustin one of our regulars happy here. And Pete, I think this should be a thing on all of our streams where we just give away a pick to anybody whose birthday it is and sacrifice the EV in the name of community building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, we are here to, uh, normally we will, I think going forward, we need to charge, you know, if people want to see a player get drafted, there does need to be some kind of super chat involved, but when it's your birthday, you know, you get free dessert at Chili's or whatever, and you do get to dictate one pick on the show when it's your birthday. And Dustin has pumped my tires as much as anybody in our, our splash play community. So I, I I'll give him that one for free, but in the future, yes, we will charge shouts. Everybody joining as well. Purple Yoshi here, BSP asking why so down on Hopkins. Frankly, I was down on him last year, but a guy who's getting older, a guy who uh, really demands a high volume target share and is moving to another team that uh, likely if he's going to a contender, will not give him that same target share. Gives me some pause. I um, if he goes back to Arizona somehow, which seems really unlikely, uh, it's going to be a downgraded QB situation for at least a large portion of that year. So that's my reason to be down on Hopkins. Pete, what's yours? Well, I just don't think when I think back to last year when he was going as a sixth, seventh round pick because he was going to miss six games. And I actually thought him missing the six games didn't really even change his value in best ball mania that much, or it shouldn't just knowing how that tournament works and how you want that late season production. So I thought he was a screaming value there. Now it's like the opposite. The market is pricing in like a near best case scenario for him with actually a ton of uncertainty. We don't know if he's going to stay on the, the Cardinals. If he does stay on the Cardinals, is Kyler going to be ready for the season? Is he going to be ready? Um, or will he potentially be a shutdown candidate as they're clearly a rebuilding team? And then for Hopkins, like even if he goes to the Bills, like that's a good landing spot, but he's not going to be the number one target hog on that offense. He slides down to a number two. And so 
Um, I guess you could then say the argument, oh, well, Mike Williams is a number two going in the same range. But I mean, DeAndre Hopkins at this age, what, he's going to be turning, is it 31 here in June? I just, every year he has declined a little bit with his efficiency too. So I, I just worry about him as an asset at that price. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And uh, another interesting question from Pete Overbed, of course, and a completely random name that has nothing to do with our Pete. Uh, what's going on with the Chargers tight end situation? A lot of things linking them to Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz getting priced out of pretty much every market out there. I think a lot of people have recognized him as a catch and fall down guy who's benefited from that Cowboys offense the last few years. So I think that's where they end up, Pete. I know Everett's also a free agent, so... I guess they go that way, but no parum. So it does feel like it's pretty open and somebody's going to get a nice tight end landing spot, no matter who it is. Yeah. Uh, the tight end one is a, is a good one uh, there. I, you know, Gerald Everett, I think is the most obvious cut candidate for them. Um, but I don't know if he goes back and no one wants to take him. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily mind uh, going back to the Gerald Everett. Well, uh, Chip saying it's his birthday, Pete. So apparently you have to do a dinger draft. So Pete will be hopping on the YouTube channel right after this one, doing some baseball, stacking up the players, correlating all of your players. That's what you love in a dinger draft, right? Dude, one of the most intimidating corners of the Deposit Kingdom Discord right now is the uh, baseball sub thread within the Badge Bros channel. I mean, the, the conversations in there, it's, uh, they might as well be speaking in Chinese. So, um, so tough spot here. Cook, Gibbs, Swift, Jones, let, all guys. Let's, who's let's get our fucking guy, Kyle Pitts. Let's just get our tight end. Oh, no. Yeah. Is grandma back in the cage? Yeah, we must <laughs> hear As long as she's safely back in the cage, we'll go Kyle Pitts. God, I have no faith at all in Kyle Pitts. Um, you have no faith in Kyle Pitts? Oh, I don't. I don't have faith in that offense. I don't think they're going to improve at quarterback. Like, I think it's just a slog that's worth avoiding. But we're on the clock again. Um, same running back still there. Marquise yeah. Brown, Ayuk. I've been taking Gibbs and Aaron Jones in this range. Or if we're worried about an avalanche, I have no problem taking Ayuk. Um, let's see. We got... Yeah, we only have two receivers. Let's go Ayuk, I think. Yeah. I like Pickens a little more than Ayuk, um, and I will be updating the SPAGs rankings next week, um, which is tough. What to does that stand for we again? Have, well, the, of course, superior players in great spots, Pete. That's what they SPAG stands for, both me as a human being and the rankings. Um, I'll tell you what the tough part, Pete, of doing rankings is, especially if you do account for market ADPs, is when Rashad Penny goes up 70 spots and you were already pretty aggressive on him, and now it's like, what do I do here? Because I think Rashad Penny put him in the 80s. I think it's fine. But is that the right move if the market ADP is 120? I don't think so. So uh, that's what I'm running into with my my free product. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, Dustin roasting us. Why draft Pitts now when you could draft the real elite tight end, Janu, later? I do think the argument against I, – I, I, maybe this is just cope. I, I actually do think Janu is uh, a bonus for, you know, Kyle Pitts. I think Janu can do more of, like, the inline blocking stuff. I don't think he's going to be a huge target earner. Um However, I think you could say, let the market continue to react to this Johnny Smith news and get Kyle Pitts cheaper. You know, we're taking him at the same ADP he was going pre Johnny. So I think that's the argument. But obviously, when we're picking at the turn, um, and I do think the value pocket there was with the tight ends, either Pitts or Goddard. So, yeah, I think that's a fair take to have. And, you know, Pitts, I still buy in on the talent. I just do not buy in on Arthur Smith offense. That did not make a meaningful upgrade at QB. And uh, Taylor Heineke, his contract pretty clearly defined to be the backup there slash the backstop if Ritter somehow fails completely. Um, so I think that's why I don't view it as a completely different situation. Dietrich saying the fields in the second seems absurd. 
I don't think so. Like, I think if you're buying him and you're taking that stack and you're paying the premium for Fields and let's say Komet, especially with them signing Robert Tanyan as well as DJ Moore, I think that makes less sense. But Fields to me is one guy you could take and know you're going to get the rushing upside. He can't be as bad as he was as a passer last year. So I don't mind Fields. And I think he gives you a couple outs where you really don't have to stack him up compared to some of the other guys. Yeah, I think Fields is the clear fourth quarterback off the board, which is what happened here. And I do think there's obviously a tear gap after Allen, Mahomes, and Hurts. Um, but then Fields is that next guy that, I mean, if you're looking at the quarterbacks who can realistically finish as QB1, like I don't even really realistically think like Herbert and Joe Burrow could finish at QB1 with just how much rushing you need to do to, to get there. And so Fields is that guy. We know he could just rip off a 50-yard touchdown. His weapons are going to be better. They're continuing to spend um, money to bolster their team. And I I know that they passed for the least amount of yards last year of any team, but I do think they are going to change their philosophy a little bit as they add weapons. I think you would be insane to you know trade essentially a first-round pick for DJ Moore and then never use him. And so I do think they will continue to adjust their offense and that Fields will have like, he has the recipe, right, for a QB1 season. Like, everything is almost in place now. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I think, too, you know, just the assumption of how teams kind of negotiate these things is that Fields ran so well last year. Obviously, teams are going to prepare to stop the run more that should open up if these guys are clever and going to scheme the right way, as I think they did a little bit more down the home stretch last year. They should then rely on that and create more passing opportunities. So that's why you go out and get DJ Moore. Um, that's why you hopefully, you know, go out and sign a Tanyan, I guess, even though I think he's certainly more washed than not. Uh, but I agree. The assumption is that they'll pass more. And I think, um, you know, it's hard for him to fail. I think even relative to just the rushing upside, but the rushing upside plus 25% better at passing. I think that puts him in the hunt to be a QB one potentially. Yeah. Um, what's the board looking like here for our, we this got is Pacheco, actually, you know, Deontay, we got some running backs. Mixon, I think is undervalued right now with uh Samaj P Ryan going to the Broncos, which is, I think fairly unexpected. Yeah, I still think there's a lot that could go down with the Mixon situation. The, what I was just going to say is, for me, this chunk of wide receivers represents a tier gap. Um, depending on how you feel about Cortland Sutton, um, I do think you know the Dotson, Addison, um, Quinton Johnson, Bateman, Sutton. Like after this, there's a big tier gap for me at wide receiver, so I wouldn't mind trying to get one, if not two, of these guys. No, um, I, I have no issue. I, I like Dotson. I think he's a little bit undervalued because, you know, frankly, just uh, wasn't active enough last year, but did have some major ceiling games. And I'm one of the last standing believers in Quinton Johnson. I feel like he's gotten a lot of fudding from uh, the combine non-performance, or I guess, you know, just kind of running some routes, not running the 40 and all that stuff. But I think Johnson's getting over-negotiated, like down uh, by some of the fantasy experts. And at the end of the day, he's still the biggest bodied guy who can get open and evades uh, tackles at a really high rate. So if Johnson's here, I have no issue taking him. And I would take him over Bateman personally. The other consideration is I'm guessing if you scroll down, Darnell Mooney's ADP is going to fall in a pocket where we aren't going to re realistically get him where we're picking. We either have to, you know, reach for him um, at the beginning of the eighth. Um, I, I love Bateman uh, at this price. And I also think Quentin Johnson is very nice here. All right, I've deferred enough. I'm taking Quinn Johnson. I'm a believer. I'm planning my flag for Quinton Johnson. I think he is being disrespected here. No issue with Bateman either, but, you know, like, uh, I think the grousing, the the coaching changes, all that stuff, and the Lamar uncertainty till, uh, still, too, I think is there. We can still get Bateman, though. One, we can get Bateman. The other thing would be if we want to take Khalil Herbert and build out this Bears bet and then not reach for Mooney and see if, like, a Mooney commit fall a little later. 
All right, I think I support that. I would support taking Herbert over Mooney personally at this point in the draft where you're reaching heavily for Mooney because uh, Mooney's still kind of priced like before DJ more time. So I think Mooney needs to kind yeah. of be a little bit lower. Yeah, I mean, the Herbert, you know, they bring in what? They bring in Deontay Foreman, which I saw someone in the chat say it, and I do agree that Foreman is is good for Herbert because, you know, as much as we would want Khalil Herbert to, you know, be a bell cow back who's going to get 20-plus touches, they just don't view him like that. And so now, instead, you have a running back in front of him who's not going to eat into his pass-catching workload in the way Montgomery could, where Montgomery could catch passes a little bit. He'd stay on the field a lot, and then they would kind of almost – use them as similar stuff, but it was always 60, 30 kind of in favor of uh, Montgomery, at least for a lot of their tenure. Now with, with Foreman, you've got to think that Herbert just owns the entirety of the pass catching work and the up-tempo stuff. I mean, they did sign Travis Homer who did have that role in Seattle and like was that's trusted true. with the pass catching role as well as the pass protection role. So that's where I kind of think Cleo Herbert's overvalued. I think people have been excited to play him and excited to draft him this year because of the fact that like, you know, we talk about it a lot, the FOMO of not playing these guys when they're on the upswing and like, you know, Cleo Herbert had a few good games. People were hyping him up last off season, but obviously didn't have the full role there. I think now people are like, oh, he's got the full role, but in reality, he's got a goal line back who can vulture touches short yardage back. Obviously Deontay Foreman is going to do both those. And then Homer, could take away some pass game work so what's herbert left with like 15 touches and i i don't know i think he's a little bit overpriced because people just want to play him so bad yeah i mean i i think i view homer as more of just a depth ad i mean i, I think if we're comparing um you know homer's skill set to khalil herbert's that it's not even close so i think you are betting that talent's gonna rise to the top but i do agree like the bears would it shock you? And I think I said this on another show, but it would not shock me if they draft B. John Robinson with one of those early picks. Like it wouldn't shock me. So you want to be careful drafting what the most expensive guy in a backfield before these draft bombs have gone off. And so obviously we're offsetting it saying, Hey, we're trying to build out a bet on the bears offense. And if the bears offense really succeeds and goes nuclear, you got to think Khalil Herbert's a big part of that. No, I think that's fair. And I actually would point out one thing, too, that I will say again. I'm digging in my heels. Ramondre Stevenson, a guy I loved last year. Um, now you have James Robinson getting money that could get cut, but still is like a significant amount of money for a backup running back. Pierre Strong is falling as a result of them signing James Robinson. Um, I think being mindful of these kind of committee backfields or potential committee backfields and just where these guys are overvalued is an important thing to do, especially if you're drafting now. Um, so that's sort of where I think Khalil Herbert and Ramondre are kind of the same, obviously very different price points. But I think being mindful of the fact that, like they're bringing guys in, so it does show like there isn't that full level of trust that I think you want to see, especially if you are paying really high draft capital for Ramondre and fairly high for Khalil Herbert. Yeah, now we see David Montgomery going here in the eighth. This will be really fascinating this offseason to see how Swift and David Montgomery's ADPs ebb and flow. And I do think you'll start to see Montgomery inch up and you will start to see Swift continue to fall. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up being almost ADP twins at some point. So Anthony has a question. I do have to ask you about David Montgomery too. I'm sure you've given your official takes, but I haven't heard it yet. Uh, Anthony asking thoughts on Gasicki in New England with Hunter Henry. So Hunter Henry, then bringing him back, I think is not great for Gasicki because he would have been a substantial cap savings, but clearly they ended up cutting Johnu instead. Um, Gasicki, not bad money, a lot of incentives. I think that get him just shy of 10 mil, but I don't have the faith. I guess if this is going to be his last chance to save his career, this is it. But like a Bill O'Brien offense with Gasicki and another tight end ahead of him, I, I don't know. I just, I don't believe in it, Pete, but I think you've been more of a Gasicki guy than I have historically. So what are your thoughts? 
I mean, I like his talent, but man, this is like, this is one of the worst spots, right? Yeah. For him to go where you are going to have to compete with another competent tight end in Hunter Henry. And I would argue Hunter Henry's more of a roadblock than Durham Smythe was <laughs> in Miami. And, you know, we also saw New England try to trot out this two tight end experience with Jonu and Hunter Henry, and they could barely support you know, Hunter Henry as like a tight end 15, like, you know, is what he was basically giving you. So, man, I think Gusecki, like always, will have to run extremely hot on touchdowns and you'll have to see um, Mac Jones take a leap. That said, they do have so few pass catchers with Jacoby out. They have to draft someone, but Gusecki, you would think would almost have to be an every down player in this offense. So maybe, just maybe, he gets utilized more than he did in Miami. We're about to make our next pick here, but guys, it's about that time to ask you to hit the subscribe button, hit the like button down below as well. Uh, Pete and I will be bringing back the versus drafts coming up soon. Thank you guys for supporting that one, showing the love there. So we know that's something that we need to do again. We're going to keep drafting Tuesday. We're going to do a free agency show. Try to book a special guest for that one as well. But lots of good stuff here coming up on Splash Play where the fantasy football goes on all year long. Um, where are we thinking with this board? Because we got the Juju signing, Juju getting some money here to go to New England and probably be exactly the same as Jacoby Myers. Uh, Michael Thomas coming back to New Orleans. That's a new adjustment since the last time we drafted. I like him a lot still. Uh, which way are you leaning from this board we have right now? Uh, I hate this part of the board here. I almost, <laughs> I bet you will be on board with this, but I almost would like to just lock up Jalen Hyatt and then see what we want to do at Ooh. the next pick. So I think Michael Thomas, I, I tweeted it. I think he's the comeback player of the year this year. I think he's going to be great. I think he's like Derek Carr is going to be like matzah from heaven for him. So I would take Michael Thomas. Is is Carr still on the board? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay. He should be. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah, I think out of these guys here, I think Michael Thomas is going to get the most steam ADP-wise. And then also, like, I just think he's got tremendous upside. Like, he was very good in limited snaps last year, or limited games, really. A full allotment of snaps when he was playing. But I think he's a guy that, like, out of this part of the draft, Hyatt kind of getting fudded down a little bit. Um, I don't hate Jamal Williams either, to be honest. Like, I think that's a really nice signing for them and a guy who could be a, a touchdown hound again. Yeah, I guess, like, you know, I it's not for me, it's not fun to click Michael Thomas, but if I'm going to make, do you want to do a, can I talk you into Hyatt here? I, I can do it. I mean, he's fast. I don't, I'm not going to argue with a fast guy. Yeah, he just seems like a guy that, is slightly mispriced based on where I think he's going to go in the NFL draft and how his skill set lends itself to uh, to best ball. All right, so Jalen Hyatt it is then. I do think, though, I will say, like, Jamal Williams, I just want to plant that flag. I love that signing for them. Like, I think Kamara was clearly on the outs last year. They still found a way to give Mark Ingram a lot of touches. And Jamal Williams, I think, is a guy that, like, New Orleans is going to fall in love with. And can't you just see him thrusting those hips in the Superdome or whatever, like, time and time again? I feel like Jamal Williams is, like, the kind of guy that gets memed into, like, superstardom in New Orleans, even if he's the exact same player. But like, here's the thing: you're you're still paying for his touchdowns on the Lions last year. He ran hotter than the sun, waking up on the one yard line basically every other possession. And I don't think the Saints' offense is going to be as good as the Lions. Maybe maybe you could say comparable. So maybe you can say similar. Um, but you know, I guess it is a similar setup. You know, if you say the Camara is the Swift, and he's going to come in and get all of that early down and goal line work. So. I guess I can see it as a neutral move for him, but then he still needs to sun run touchdowns because he's not going to catch a ton of passes. He's not going to break off big plays. And this isn't going to be some like, you know, prolific high scoring offense. So I feel like to me, he should be like a 13th, 14th round pick and not where he's, he's going right now. 
See, I think he's going to get more volume than people expect. And, you know, granted, I agree, like, he's not the most efficient back in the world. He definitely got very lucky with how the Lions played. This is also going to be a more vertical offense this year. I mean, it was, honestly, with Andy Dalton last year. But I think that's where the Raiders were trying to kind of square peg, round hole it with Derek Carr. And that's why I think the Raiders made a great move getting Garoppolo. Like, now they have a guy who's going to kind of do the short check down game, whereas Carr is going to stretch it downfield inside on turf with, like, legit pass game weapons. I mean... I there's a lot of ways where Williams is not going to get 17 touchdowns, but he can get you 10 to 15 and get some more overall touches. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it. He's one of those guys that I like probably avoid through most of the drafting season and then begrudgingly. I'm like, I should probably have some exposure uh, to this guy. Um, but again, he's another one, you know, the Camara stuff. I still think there's, you know, some, you know, variants about how that situation could play out. They, the saints would not shock me if they invested a mid round pick on a running back too. I just think there are ways that that could go South, uh, quickly. Yeah. And it seems like relative to the running back contracts that went out there, I feel like uh, from what I've seen, and again, the underdog channel, I will always give the, the co-sign for it. I think they did a good job doing short form live videos with all free agency, which helped me keep up when I was on the road. Uh, but I feel like them getting, you know, like Miles Sanders' contract is probably the highest. Then you have like David Montgomery's contract being like 1B to that one. And those are the only guys I think really took the meaningful contract upgrade. But for Williams, I think it's still a move that I think is going to be not overall positive for him just because he was so lucky with the touchdowns. But it was enough money where it's like he's coming in for a real role. I don't think he's like a training camp cut casualty, I guess would be the best way to say that. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. Um, and it's also like when you compare some of the money that like David Montgomery got to Rashad Penny, it's like, wow, you know, it is as much as I'm excited about Rashad Penny's talent and in that offense, like you look at the money they gave him, it's like there, there's no guaranteed touch, touches coming his way, you know, per se. I, I think he's good enough to earn it. Like, I don't mind the Rashad Penny rising ADP because I like I agree the contract. It'd be great if he got like three years. Got like the, you know, David Montgomery deal, I think would be a good co-sign for him. But I think the Eagles too, like, you know, they're getting close to cap hell. They're going to have to pay Hertz. Um, they're going to have to pay Devonses soon. So like you could see how that would happen and uh, maybe trying to get some value. Uh, we're on the clock. We got Komet who would be a target, I guess, with Fields. Yeah. I mean, when ADP lines up, and I know the chat talking about Tunyon, um, I, I still view Komet similarly as I did uh, yeah. last year. I mean, they were running two tight end sets um, even last year with yeah. Komet. And I think, you know, Fields and Komet seem to have a pretty good rapport. You know, Fields would look for him in the red zone. He would find him deep down the seam. To me, Cole Komet feels like the Dawson Knox for Josh Allen, right? It's like not the most athletic, you know, exciting click in this range, but when you're correlating with your quarterback and an offense, you want to explode. I think it makes sense. Um, I, I like Wondell Robinson a lot. He's been a guy I, I click in this range a ton. Yeah, he fell to me this morning in the draft. I did it right before the show. I like Wandale here. I think some of the slot, a lot of slots coming back to the Giants, which I think is not great. But Wandale, clearly a guy who has draft capital, who showed a ceiling. And that's the thing with Komet, too. Like, Komet, Wandale, like, these guys showed you a real ceiling last year. So I don't think it's great on the year for, like, Tanya to be there. But we're drafting for, again, that Week 17 upside. We're drafting to actually have, you know, spike weeks here and there. So that's where Wandale and Komet, I think, are very similar as that. Like they they've established they can get you 20 fantasy points in the right situation. And that's where I'm like, I'm going to take them if they fall. And if people are going to knock them down, great. Like I feel if Wondell Robinson hadn't gotten hurt the way he was earning targets, I think if he hadn't gotten hurt and played the rest of the season, probably would have had a decent game in one of those Giants playoff games. 
he's probably a seventh or eighth round pick. Honestly, I think you're getting an out of sight, out of mind discount because of the injury, because some of those other ancillary wide receivers stepped up for them down the stretch. He, he feels like a sneaky guy where he's going right now. Well, Wandale still be out there on two wide receiver sets. I mean, that's an important question. That's something too. I've seen some people talking about, like you could run multiple slots on a play. It's like, yeah, you can, but you want your guy out there for as many snaps as possible. I think he'll be out there more often than not, but like last year, I think they were going more too tight end heavy and then going with Slayton outside. So I, I don't like, I think he'll have as good of a shot as he had last year. I don't think that changes, but it's just a lot of competition for, you know, the same kind of route tree that there was last year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just go, I, I mean, I'm just trying not to overthink it. Right. I want to bet on rookies who flashed efficiency in year one mm -hmm. and are headed into year two. And a lot of that is priced into um, the market already, right? Like you, you see them, the market anticipates these movements. You can see where Jamison Williams is going, right? I, I think Jamison Williams is a much better player and a better prospect than Wandell Robinson, but people are drafting him as if that second year breakout is for sure happening. You know, they're taking him in the late fifth round. And so Wandell Robinson, I think is just like a really nice arbitrage version on a, on that type of second year breakout profile. Uh, so Dietrich, I think this is a take that somebody else had as well above, but honestly, I'd rather bet on a Broncos comeback than the Bears price considered. Uh, I mean, I guess if you view the North as stronger, the NFC North, and I don't, like I think them losing Rodgers is you know, maybe a break even, but the Lions, I think going to be a little bit better, but still not great. That defense would need a lot of help to actually get better. Um, I think the Broncos, to me, Pete, are like the boomer team where it's like you get Russ, you get Sean Payton, you get these guys who really haven't shown a lot lately. And I think the Broncos are just as live to set up disappointment again. And I bought him in on them last year, so I could be a little bit once bitten, twice shy. I mean, th the thing that's super concerning to me is every single day, there's almost a new report about the Broncos shopping around basically all of their pass catchers. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy have been both on the trade block. You know, the, the reports are that the Broncos are asking a high price for those guys. I know they want a first round pick for Jerry Judy, which I think in this wide receiver landscape, they could that's a fair asking price for a, a guy like Jerry Judy, who what Jerry Judy was in this class. He'd probably be the second wide receiver, like off the board after like JSN most likely. So if you're telling me we already know Russell Wilson needs so much help with where he's at right now as a player, he needs all the weapons he can get. And the Broncos are sitting here considering like shipping off two of their best weapons. I, I find that offense to be a little bit scary to invest in. I do not mind taking Greg Dolchich where he's going. I do not mind taking Samaj P. Ryan where he's going. I think he's like the preeminent, you know, handcuff to select right now because there's so much upside for him if the Javante stuff doesn't get squared away. Um, but man, the the Judy and the Sutton stuff really scares me right now for investing in the Broncos. Yeah, it's one of those things that we talked about a little bit, but I think we are perhaps not mindful enough last year. And I think in general, the industry isn't, is that, you know, new coaches come in, they fall in love with certain guys, they don't fall in love with other guys. And that can change a lot. Like we're Peyton might've looked at the video and been like, I don't think Judy's that good. I don't think Sutton's that good. If we can get a first trade him. And then he can go into camp and be like, wow, Judy's a game breaker. Sutton's a game breaker can fall in love. Or it could be what the Denver reporters are talking about. Like Tim Patrick is quietly the Broncos wide receiver one. It's right. like these can go a variety of ways. So I think just getting shares of all the guys still makes sense. But you know, the Broncos to me, I just think if they're going to get steamed up, I, I just don't want to be there as much. Yeah, and I, I don't think they're going to get steamed up per se. Um, yeah. Although I, I just find the ADPs for um, for Judy in particular is, I don't know, it's it's almost like you're middling it, right? You're kind of hoping Judy gets traded and then that fifth round price tag is fair.
Um, we're on the clock. So, we got Dubs. We got Hodgins. We got CJ Stroud. If we want to get a, a QB, so I, I would say, why don't we lock up? Like, I feel like we need more running backs now. P Ryan, I think, is a nice, nice pick for this team. Yeah, I think that's fair. You, you like P Ryan, so you like P Ryan, like situation dependent because you wanted him in Cincinnati, you want him in Denver, and they did cut Chase Edmonds too. So it seems like P Ryan's at least got a, a pathway to a real role. Well, it you know, I was reading, uh, of course, the terrific Sean Siegel uh, wrote up a piece about uh, P. Ryan, and he was basically comparing P. Ryan as a prospect to a lot of these running backs coming into this class. And P. Ryan's production in college just blows all of these guys out of the water. And he's like not quite as sexy, but now he is in the best possible handcuff spot. Like he's probably going to start the season. He might be in a 50 50 timeshare at worst, and he could just take over the backfield if Javante isn't ready. Um, We're on the clock. We got Tyje, Sean Tucker, who I've been, I will continue to not be a fan of. Tyje ran under a four five again at his pro day. I don't mind taking him. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, he might be my most exposed rookie right now because he always finds a nice spot. Like he's he's little, but like he's a great pass catcher. He's the best uh, rookie coming in in space, even though uh, Jameer Gibbs obviously also very good. I think Tyje is going to find a role from day one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could check here, but he's one of my highest exposed players across. Um, all positions, much less running backs, much less rookie running backs. So yeah, I'm I'm in on that. All right, so we got some young blood here. Our, our room so far, we got Fields, Eckler, Herbert, P. Ryan, Tajay Spears, C.D. Lamb, Mike Williams, Ayuk, Johnston, Michael Thomas, uh, Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson, and then Kyle Pitts and Cole Komet. Uh, we'll need a third tight end at some point, I would think. And and Chase really, what well, I think so. I mean, like all jokes aside, based on like the in the the investment we made in the position, pick fifty nine, one thirty one. I I would say we're we're done at tight end unless we have a real nice luxury pick we want to tack on. I always take one of the rookies at the end of the draft. I take one of Laporta, Washington, Kincaid, um, or Musgrave at the end of the draft because I think there's a pathway for all of them to win a role. Um, but I just want shares of the rookie tight ends before people start to catch up. Like they started to catch up a little bit, um, but I think not enough. Like those guys should never go undrafted, I think. Yeah, I don't mind that. I'm just thinking structurally, though, we might end up in a territory here where we want to go three quarterbacks, right? Because we've now kicked our QB2 pretty far down the road. Mm. That's starting to dry up. And now we're going to say, do we? can we afford two more quarterback selections and a tight end selection with three of our last what six picks yeah qb is gonna be tough for us like we are now in the danger zone we don't have any vegas so garoppolo makes a little bit less sense um i think great spot for garoppolo though i actually don't mind this adp for him um ritter i guess baker i think baker is being set up to lose that job to kyle trask can i see our um our wide receivers again just to see what other stack stuff we have we got two rookies so that makes it an unknown quantity we could do brock purdy i guess as we want to do auk but uh, nobody you, else too logical left. I would say in general, when I'm in this spot, I probably am looking at like a Ritter Purdy finish. Oof. <laughs> okay. Justin Fields will carry us though. We paid the draft capital. We're assuming Justin Fields could be QB one. So I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Tommy asked the same question. We'll hit it. Tanya to the Bears. Does that change anything there? Um, I think it just takes away a few goal line looks for Komet and I guess everybody um, sort of in that pass game. But I think his best days are done. Like he he should have been better last year just given the opportunity. Instead, they were kind of feeding Watson more, uh, feeding Dubs more. So I think Tanya is just one of those signings that it's like he is now a depth guy who is not even going to be like a Jimmy Graham tier kind of depth guy. He'll be like, a, you know, much lower than that. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, it's not like, Komet was already some massive target earner who now is going to have work stolen away. Like Komet was such a situational player too, that 
I think there's so much room for other pass catchers in that offense to step up that I don't, I just don't think of Tanyan specifically eating in to commit in a way that kind of like concerns me for his value. I also like to see Knox. Knox, of course, is very excited to get in the draft. You wanted to make sure he timed it out with us to join. And again, if you are trying to join these drafts with us, hit one minute before the stream starts and you'll usually get in the room with us. Uh, but Roshan Johnson and Sean Tucker evening out makes me very happy because I think Roshan, Roshan and Charbonnet are just two big bodied guys who are going to land somewhere and have a role. And Sean Tucker is just like a dude. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how deep you are now in the rookie running backs, Pete, but like, I'd rather have Chase Brown than Sean Tucker. And I think that's that's the level of knowledge that I've accumulated. I'm still, you know, there's some that I know a bit more about their profile. Like I, I can envision what I'm going to get from Roshan Johnson. I will admit some of these names are still just names to me. And I would say the Sean Tucker, Zach Evans, Chase Browns of the worlds are still just an amorphous blob in my head. So Chase Brown numerically was not very good. Actually, I could pull up his uh, college numbers, but was not very good, but did test like a superstar athlete at the combine. So that gave me a little bit of a boost. Uh, was a negative EPA rusher, um, was a positive EPA pass catcher, but not a high missed tackle rate. But I do think the athletic profile gives him a better shot to get there. But Sean Tucker was basically the same guy, like a pure volume guy um, who people thought was going to be a stud athlete, and he is not. Um, so I think that's where like I would go Chase Brown a little bit more, but um, that's me again. Yeah. I, I'm not legendary upside guy. I'm not Pat Grade, so I don't know, but I would say Chase Brown would be my guy. Let's there. do the board. Yep. <laughs> Butte. Uh, Gro Let's say Garoppolo, right? Do we have anything Vegas going? Nope, but I I think it's just better to get a QB. He'll give us points. Uh, man, I'd almost like rather backdoor Mac Jones. or Like if we don't have any investment in. Okay, I'll, I'll do it with you. I'll do it with you. No, I'm not. I'm saying not even taking a quarterback here, like going another position. Mechie? Nico or Mechie, yeah. Okay, let's do Mechie, yeah. I, Mechie, I believe in a little bit more than Nico. Um, Houston, though, signing Robert Woods kind of cuts it's all these guys a little bit. Like, that feels like wasted roster space that could just take some routes away from guys I, that could be better. And I, I know you don't like these options, but considering we do have what I would call a safety net of Brock Purdy and Desmond Ritter, um, even though the word safety net and those two names should never be used together, I do think we could take um, continue to kick quarterback down the road. And I, I really like Jalen Warren here as another running back to add to our room. Okay. I thought you were going to say Tank Bigsby, who I also do not like. So Jalen Warren, I accept. And still a guy who could take some more of Najee's role um, if that does break his way. Yeah. Like when you think about running back backfields and comparing ADPs and like the Delta between those, like Najee still is like a fourth round pick. And we just took Jalen Warren in the 16th round and Jalen Warren was like objectively outplaying Najee down the stretch last year. Like that gap should not be as big as it is. And that's one that I want to continue to hammer the other side of that big gap. The one mistake I wish that I had maybe uh, stumped for a little bit more, and this isn't a mistake because Ayuk's still a good player, but we took Ayuk. I wish we had taken Pickens because then we could have gotten Pickett and then Warren. It would have been a nice little Pittsburgh stack that like mm -hmm. nobody's going to have in the big board. Um, but I think that's, yeah, that's the one nitpick I would make about our draft so far. Yeah. It's, a, it's, I feel like it's a little harder to set up stacks here than it is even in like best ball mania too, mm -hmm. where I think with a lot of people being open to the three quarterback builds that there's just, a, and I don't necessarily see people going out of their way to prioritize stacking quite as much. So I just feel like there's more randomness to how the quarterbacks go off the board. People aren't quite, you know, quote unquote, staying in their lane as much as they do. Uh, and so I think it is like, you can be on the bad side of a quarterback run and then be like, fuck, I have to take Malik Willis. 
Oh yeah, I, yeah, I think that's that's not where we want to be for sure. Um, I'm with you on that though. I got scooped on some stacks. I get scooped on stacks. I think you're right. Like more in the big board than I did normally in best ball media. Obviously because there is some sort of uncertainty still. Uh, but it's honestly frustrating. Like I forget who I was. It's waiting on two, I think. And like this other guy had Tyreek. I had Jalen Waddle. And then some guy took two unstacked. It's like what? Like what are you doing? That completely defeats the purpose of taking Tua, who who doesn't run anyway. Like Fields, you could get away with Tua. It's like you're not getting the value then. Yeah, I know it is. It is frustrating, especially when you have those when you have the quarterbacks that you when they smash, it's because their pass catchers are going off. And I do think Tua is one of those guys. Burrow is obviously one of those guys. And when you get sniped by someone who's taking like a statue pocket passer unstacked, it's so tilting. I've been trying to set up some Rogers stacks lately, you know, with either Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore. Um, and I people have been now taking one off Rogers and it drives me crazy. Oh yeah. I, I wouldn't take one off Rogers at all. Like, I don't think you're getting the value there, but I guess I was still stumping for one off Jimmy Garoppolo. So I could be wrong, but I, I just want to give us a floor at QB. And I feel like Purdy and Ritter could be two guys who legit don't play this year. <laughs> yeah. But look at, and again, we could still see a quarterback run here, but you know, okay. Garoppolo does go, but we still have Mac Jones, Sam Howell, um, kicking around here. And I will, as much as I like the the stacking stuff, I, I would say we should definitely take uh, Jones or Howell if they're available when we come back. Do we still believe Howell's going to be the starter? Because Jacoby Brissett does make that a little bit murkier than I would have thought, but he was like good in Cleveland last year. And I think that's that was like a sneaky signing that I think could be very bad for people who've been overdrafting Sam Howell. Yeah, I think, I, I think Brissett is certainly like more of a worry than say, you know, Kyle Trask is for Baker Mayfield, you know, like I think Baker Mayfield is going to win that job. Whereas Brissett's been pretty good. Um, and so it, it definitely has given me more pause, but I think it would be absolutely insane for the commanders not to come out of the gate and see what they have in Sam Howell and develop him as their future franchise quarterback, hopefully, or just find out if he can do that. The early returns on what they saw from him at the end of last season were good. And so if they stunt that and then just toss Jacoby Brissett out there to like buy time, like, what are you doing? You're not competing to win that division. You're not a playoff team. You're certainly not a Super Bowl contender. Like, so I hope that Brissett is just insurance if Sam Howell melts down, but I still think Howell has to get the first crack. I think they're going to go into camp and be like, oh, Brissett's a pro and Howell still makes dumb shit mistakes. And like, and that's how that goes. But that's my concern because I feel like Ron Rivera is not giving any sign about like dialing it back and trying to make it work. And the enemy too, like this is his first chance calling plays and whatever. And like, if you're going to be your first chance calling plays away from the Chiefs safety net that they've had for so long, do you want to trust Sam Howell or do you want to trust Brissett? I think you might want to trust Brissett. Yeah, I mean, you can throw like, again, from a logical team building standpoint, you know, not developing and seeing what you have in Howell is a disaster, but we're also talking about literally the worst run organization in the NFL and probably in all of sports. So all bets are off. Yeah, I think it's fair. And you're right too. The rookie contract thing is the biggest thing. People forget that sometimes, but that is the way you build a team is you have a rookie on a QB or excuse me, a QB on a rookie deal and then build around that, give your chance to win there. But resets cheap enough where you're kind of getting the same effect anyway. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Dr. Stanky like going on a nice receiver run here. What did he do? Taylor Ramondre Jones. Okay. So he went with all the name running backs and now he's just loading up a receiver. Yeah. Oof, um, interesting, interesting drafts. Let me see. So, okay. So we are almost up here. Uh, how, how, of course, still on the board. Um, I, I think how, or, or if you like Levis is going to start this year, right? 
No, I think there's. I think it's getting low, to be a lower probability if that he's going to start. Okay, then let's. If you if you're not okay with the Ritter Purdy combo like I am, and you feel more comfy with Howell, I'll, I'm fine with that. But I also don't mind waiting for Ritter Purdy. Let's. Oh boy, what would we take instead? Like strong? Yeah, just like a, another running back. All right, let's let's do strong. I'm not. Yeah, I mean. I would take Brissett relative to ADPs over Howell personally, and I think I'm more comfortable with Ritter and Purdy, I guess, than Howell. God, that's I don't like either side of it. <laughs> so, uh, so, but Spags, think about this: if we are going to be doing two quarterbacks, no matter what, to tack onto fields, which I do think we need to at this point, mm-hmm. that means that we only have one other non-QB pick left. Um, so, structurally, I think we're fine at running back. What's our? How many wide receivers do we have? One eight. six eight two right now. So I, I do think I do think we have the luxury if you like the tight end value to go three quarterback, three tight end if you're okay with six running backs, eight wide receivers. I think as we got Eckler, I'm okay with that because we're just basically asking that second running back spot to be filled by one of these guys, yeah. and we got we got contingent value as well as guys that should have roles. So I'm I'm okay at running back if that's the way it breaks. Like, how do we how do we feel about wide receiver? Um, I think we're good at wide receiver. Yeah, I think I would maybe push for a ninth wide receiver over um, a third tight end unless we were able to correlate that third tight end somehow. Do we want to take Ritter now to make sure we get at least the one guy? I mean, based on the ADP, hmm, you're you're probably right. We should probably take one of these two quarterbacks. Yeah, let's do Ritter. Let's make sure we get Ritter. Um, yeah, tight end. I feel like we could again scoop any of these tight ends if you want. I just think the thing to me is like we've seen the downside of Kyle Pitts. We've seen the downside of Cole Komet. Uh, I think getting a third tight end that can get these guys potentially to a week seventeen. I think would be the way that I view it. Yeah. So that that's yeah. That's why I'm a little more three tight ends in a twenty round draft, and honestly, maybe even an eighteen round. We'll see how that goes. More so. Um, but I, I learned last year where it's like, okay, you just want to have one way to get different from everybody else who's you know getting into the playoffs off of Kittle, getting into the playoffs off of Ingram. Um, like Pitts and Komet could be down and we can then seek those guys in and maybe they have their upside week after. One thing in general, like it's not something I go out of my way to force, but I do really like it when my tight ends are directly correlated with my quarterbacks. Um, so to have Komet with Fields and Pitts with Ritter, um, I always like how that lines up just with the the playoff weeks and how you can get like the double whammy at the onesie positions and getting those unique pairings going off. No, I think that's a smart way to look at it uh, for sure. And that's like, uh, again, Pete, if you want to go into the, the dinger, play some baseball, of course, mm-hmm. use that promo code SPLASH, double your deposit up to $100 on there, uh, play on Underdog Fantasy with us. But they say in a DFS MLB, usually it's like a correlated catcher is the best thing you can do because catchers so rarely go off. So you just want to have them be part of your main stack. And I think kind of the same thing with tight ends where, you know, if they go off, your QB is probably having a decent enough day to make a lineup too. Yeah. Yeah, it's just such a – I mean, and we – to your point, like when you have the trepidation of taking Kyle Pitts where we did, and I think it's completely fair. I, I will not begrudge anyone to be spooked by uh, Kyle Pitts. But if we are making that pick and we are saying he absolutely smashes and pays off that cost, like Ritter's probably having a pretty good year. Yeah, I think, no, I think that's fair. And it's certainly Ritter, you know, a guy who's going to have more reluctance to get the ball outside. Like tight ends are the saving grace for guys that don't have uh, tremendously live arms. And like Ritter's okay, but he's not very accurate. So, I think Pitts still can have a ceiling. It's just got I every time I click Pitts now, I'm like, I get like the PTSD flashbacks, like I'm back in Nam falling on a grenade. And that's what Pitts feels like to me now, where I, I just find it hard to do. 
Yeah, I and I'm like the opposite. I I, re I really like leaving every draft with one of London or Pitts. Um, I'm not going out of my way to get both of them, um, being like I want to stack up this offense as a passing offense. But I do really think that um, one of those guys can have a, a massive year uh, this year. Vaporware with an interesting one saying Minshew or Fields backup Walker in the 20th. He'll be thrown to his boy DJ. Shush, don't tell anyone. I, I think we're done with the PJ Walker days. <laughs> I think the PJ Walker days were great. Um, I'll never forget his Houston Roughnecks run. I, I don't think I need PJ Walker on any team. I, on, on that thought, though, from Vaporware, I will admit, um, because as you can see clearly by me, you know, talking myself into Ritter, I'm willing to push quarterback two and quarterback three in here. I have done spags the Trey Lance Purdy pairings. Um, just with Purdy being free in the last round um, and knowing with those two, and of course, if you want to say Sam Darnold, go for it. But with those two, I do think you're locking up starting quarterback production in the, you know, one of the best offenses in football for the full season at the cost of essentially just an 11th round pick. The Niners now, I saw, I think it was Sam Sherman uh, tweeting about it, but uh, the they're the number one team on DK Sportsbook to win it all, like ahead of the Eagles, ahead of the Bills, which... Surprises me, I guess, given the QB uncertainty, but I guess, you know, the Niners have made enough signings to justify yeah. it. It's like they've lost a lot of guys, too. All right. GA's in the chat trying to be a troll, but is being uh, just dense. No, it's the same way with the, the rushing quarterbacks, the single stack stuff. Like, you don't want to go and grab, you know, all the pass catchers with Trey Lance. You don't want to go grab all of them with Jalen Hurts. When the quarterback is going to run a little bit, um, you don't need two pass catchers to go nuclear for that bet to pay off. So we've got um, Purdy here if you want to do that. I, I'm fine with the Purdy or like, I mean, I, I still don't mind taking a flyer on Levis, but I do think Purdy probably makes sense in this build. Yeah, I think let's take Purdy. It just sucks because there's a better chance of Levis not giving you a zero than Purdy, like for the entire year. But Purdy does feel like he can win that job at some point, And I don't know. It's definitely a risk profile. So now assuming that there's no other... Uh, Bear, Falcon, or Niner that we want to take at wide receiver. I'm fine if one of your tight end uh, loves are still here. Let's see. We got running back and tight end on the board. Zamir White yep. still feels like he's an okay play. Um, I don't I think running back – I think we should be deciding between wide receiver and tight end. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> LaVisca's there. Uh, yeah, I would go – I think I'd go tight end over these guys. I just don't have the faith. I, Laporta or Musgrave? been doing Laporta. Okay. Of course, a legendary upside guy, potentially. We'll see for, for Pat Corain, but a guy he was a fan of, I'm a fan of. Uh, Musgrave, bigger-bodied guy who was great getting downfield, coming off a knee injury, um, but a freak athlete as well. So if you are in the 20th round and you want a tight end, I would say that Laporta and uh, and Musgrave would be the two that I would sign here. And, and Washington sometimes falls enough, too. Let me see the wide receivers just to yep. see if there was anyone that I could have made a compelling case for. It does get very gross here. I am back on the KJ Hamler bullshit, especially if they ship off uh, one of those wide receivers. I mean, Hamler could be an every down player. Uh, <laughs> what makes you think at this point that Hamler could be an every down player? Like really? It, based who, on who, who's going to be on the field if they trade one of Sutton or Judy? It would Patrick be, and Judy or Patrick and Sutton. And then right. And then KJ Hamler would be in all three wide receiver sets. I don't know, man. I think he, he can't stay on the field. Like and he's small and he can't stay on the field. I, I have enough. Pause. I get it. Like I was team Hamler with you last year, but boy, if anything dampened my enthusiasm for Hamler, it was that last year. Mm. 
his injury stuff dampered just it. the injuries and the fact that he couldn't yeah. get out there and like and also like he just wasn't getting looks when he was out there like he wasn't even a high like target per out run guy wasn't a high yards per out run guy he just he did nothing well and then kept getting hurt yeah but you know players are you know injury prone until they're not no one wanted to draft Rashad yeah. Penny for years and now people are literally tripping over themselves to draft this guy in the sixth round so um I don't know I don't really buy the injury uh excuse for not wanting Hamler I want big men who have good EPAs. That's what I want. I'm, I'm trying to get more big guys and not trying to trust these little trickster little dudes who don't get touchdowns very frequently. That's what I one of my pivots for best ball this year, but we'll see. I, I get it. I, I get the Hamler love. I just I don't carry it over year to year, I think, as much as you do. The thing is, too, is you gotta you gotta compare it to who else is going around in this range. And he is very much on par with all of the other quality uh wide receivers that are in this range. That is fair. All right, let's mark this scene here and give it a final review. We got Justin Fields, Desmond Ritter, Brock Purdy, Austin Eckler, Khalil Herbert, Samaje Pirine, Tyjay Spears at running back, along with Jalen Warren, Pierre Strong, receiver, C.D. Lamb, Mike Williams, Brandon Ayu, Quentin Johnston, Michael Thomas, Jalen Hyatt, Wandale Robinson, and John Mechie. Then a tight end. We got Pitts, Komet, and Sam Laporta. Um, it's a team. It's hard to argue that this is not a team. Uh, I think I like this team more than you. Um, I think it's a solid team. I'm also impressed that you are staying strong, naming all of your teams. I have, uh, I name my teams that I do on stream, but I have gotten lazy with the other ones. I mean, that's fair. I, I want to make sure to track it this year. I, we'll see how I get when I'm doing 150 maxing everything. Cause I don't think I'll end up maxing out the big board for now though. It's like a, a goal. Cause I always see your teams labeled all nicely. And I'm like, ah, I just, I want that life for myself and I don't have it. Um, let me pander for subscribes and likes right now, guys. Of course, Pete and I will be back on Tuesday doing a free agency show. We'll see the weekly drafts, head to head drafting. We might bring that back next week, make it like an every other week thing. So it stays somewhat special, but subscribe to splash play, hit the like button, leave a comment down below. I always reply to the comments and appreciate hearing from you guys and we of course really enjoy hanging out with you as well so please do that uh pete one of the plugs you got uh well not you but adp chasing coming up right after this one with people love hayden wings hayden's gonna be on that show yeah i know i'm going to take care of my small child but uh pat hayden and davis are going to chop up some adp movements so you guys can hop over there literally starting in three minutes on the ship chasing channel uh, I would recommend checking out. I have a new PO box newsletter out today. If you guys haven't checked that out, I wrote, I've been getting asked a bunch lately about like best ball popularity, thinking it's insane that we're drafting in, in March and in February. And so I kind of tried to dissect why I think there's so much interest there. So free newsletter PO box. I have it uh, pinned on my Twitter and uh, in there too. I just have links to everything I did this week too. So that's probably like the best way to get, uh, to get caught up on everything. So follow Pete at Peter Everzet. Follow me at Chris Spags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. And also probably getting very close to a release. I, I feel like I've been saying that for fucking six months, but it getting very close. Probablyapp.com. Get on the wait list. You'll get a weekly email from me as well, kind of talking about the betting markets and that stuff. So go check that out. And Pete and I will be back with you on Tuesday. So enjoy your weekends. And good luck out there. See you guys soon. Mm -hmm.